Hey, this is Chris. Before we get to the show, let me tell you a little bit about Anchor. Anchor is our way of we record podcasts. Fantastic. Let me tell you why. It's easy. It's free. There are creation tools that we can record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on such um, providers as Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need in a podcast and so much more. Check out Anchor, and you can find it all in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor, it's a fantastic way of creating your first podcast and making it work. All right, welcome to the Ohioan. It is Wednesday, June 9th. I'm here with Craig. Brad took the morning off. Craig, how are you? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing good. Trying to get going this morning, but hey, this is a good way of doing it. Yeah. Going live on the internet with our thoughts being recorded for all time. Hey. <laughs> Absolutely. What could go wrong, Craig? Right. What could yeah. go wrong? Um, yeah, lots of stuff to talk about today. Um, hey, before I forget, it's another Vaximillion night. Um, maybe the newness of this is wearing <laughs> off. I mean, yeah, the first night of the Vaximillion contest, we were talking about this for 45 minutes. This was our whole show. Right. I mean, have we gotten bored with Vaximillion? I don't know. I'm not bored by it, but I'm kind of, you know, it's kind of like a wait and see. You know, you're, you're just... You know that they draw the name on like Monday and they vet the person and all that. And maybe it's just because it's, uh, you know, in the middle of the week and you're kind of struggling to get through the week and you just want it to be over. And, you know, maybe it's just because it's on Wednesday. Maybe if they did it on like Monday or Friday, it'd be there'd be more excitement coming out of or going into the weekend. I know from a media angle, I, I think like the first t- day. It was exciting because, man, who's going to win the first Vaximillion? Right. I, I think last week there was interest, but, like, I watched the second um, press conference was the guy who won, and nothing personal against the guy. I don't think they have a bunch to ask him. You know, hey, what's your deal? What's your story? Yeah. How are you going to use the money? And I, I don't know. I don't think I've seen this guy on any other, you know, talk shows or anything else like that, but... I, it'll be interesting. I, I know, Craig. I want to have a recognizable name win. Okay, yeah. yeah. I'm almost giving up on the hope that I'm winning or or one of us is winning. I want someone to say, "Dang, I know that name." Either like a friend or a contact or or you know, somebody that I know. And I, I, right. not to bug them for the money, but just you know, that'll be interesting. But Ohio's a big state, man. We don't know everybody in the state. You know, we think we do, but we don't. But yeah. but good luck. Good luck to whoever wins. Um, one thing that kind of freaked me out about the press conference last week, Mike DeWine was insinuating that he was knocking on doors if you won. Right. Now, now, I live in Columbus. Mike DeWine works out of Columbus. Does that mean there's a chance at 7 o'clock uh, Mike and Fran might be at my door knocking if I win? Well, I mean, I, I certainly hope so. I mean, I would I would welcome that. Um, you know, I don't I don't think anybody would say no to that at this point, given the fact that 
if he's knocking on your door, then someone must have won in your family or some, you know, you must have won or something. So um, I, I think I would certainly welcome the knock at the door at seven o'clock at night or a phone call or whatever they do. Um, but I think maybe, maybe, maybe there's boredom right now because people just know there are only five winners and there's only three more to announce that, you know, maybe they just feel like they have no shot at winning. So they just wanted to get done and over with so they can move on with their life and know that they haven't won. Maybe that's why, I mean, that's why I think advocating for more, more winners with less money would have been more interesting. It would have probably, you know, generated more interest per week if there are like two or three or four or five people winning instead of one. Yeah, you could have, what, 550,000 winners? It would have been the same money get yeah. out. Yeah. Man, what would that look like? You could have, what, two or three drawings a day. Man, what better way of get, keeping the vaccines in the news, you know? Right. Absolutely. I mean... I'm not saying that what they did was wrong, and I know that there were questions about, you know, did you think about maybe having more more opportunity out there, you know, like California is doing, which is really interesting. But, um, you know, I think you just have to let the governor, you know, make his decision. And, you know, they felt like five winners for a million dollars was the way to go, and that's fine, you know. But I think it would have been fun if they would have had more people win. I think there would have been more, even more interest probably in the lottery because it would have meant that there's more opportunity for people to win. And even though it would have probably watered down the opportunity for everyone to win, because there would have been maybe more people, you know, applying to win, it would have it generated a lot of buzz. I would, I would think at least uh, for everybody to say, look, I've got a shot at winning this, so let's go for it. So, you know, you, you might've even had more people sign up for the vaccine because of it. Yeah. Very interesting. So, yeah, so check out Vaximillion tonight. I don't know. It's interesting. It's something to talk about. Yeah. Um, and again, jury's still out. It seems like more people have signed up for the vaccine, which is great. Yeah. Um, but jury's still out overall if it's a good idea. But hey, like I said, if nothing else, it's great content, Craig. It is. Well, I mean, that, that's what I'm really excited about. All right. Well, let's move on. Um I don't know, Craig. I used to write about these studies all the time. Um, when I used to work exclusively for the Cincinnati Enquirer, um, you know, we get these press releases saying, hey, Ohio is number one in this or last place in this. And it, you get all excited. And, you know, it's good conversation. Mm. What it means is the big question. And I don't know. I, we're faced with this thing today. An article in the Cincinnati Enquirer, they love their ranking stories. Um, <laughs> even though I'm not exclusively working there, we're still writing these stories, which is fine. Yeah. And, you know, there's a story saying, hey, Ohio's rude. And you might be sitting there going, dang straight, we're rude. Or, oh, no, we're not rude. Well, Zipia. Craig, I've never heard of Zipia. Have I've you? never heard. I've never heard of Zipia. Usually, like Nerd Wallet seems to do these kind of studies. I think, but okay, good for, good for Zipia. I mean, I, I don't know. We'll see. Maybe we should start doing some studies, like this study <laughs> from Ohioan said. Yeah, you know, and right, yeah. that'll get us a little bit more press and marketing yeah. that we need. Yeah. Well, they say Ohio's the tenth real state. Now, uh, the Enquirer also covers Kentucky and Indiana, so. They also said that Kentucky ranked 46 okay. and Indiana ranked 28. Um, now, 
you've got to rank these. I mean, you can't just sit here and say, I'm ticked Ohio, so Ohio's number 10. You have to have some categories. So Zipia is saying the percent of rude drivers, the average tip, the amount of cursing the customer service agents, and how rude the rest of the county, the country finds the state okay. is helping determine these rankings. Okay. They're saying the average tip from Ohio is 16.7%. And the percent of rude drivers is 4.3%. And they're saying driver rudeness is, you know, failure to yield violations, failure to stop violations, improper backing, passing were prohibited, tailgating, street racing, and hit and runs. And the rudest state is Rhode Island, followed by Massachusetts, Virginia, New York, and California. Okay. Well, um, you know, I, having been an Ohioan for 37 years now, I, I don't know that I would put us in the top 10 overall. Um, I will say that I think that our drivers are very rude, although I will say this, though, that while I'm driving on I-75, you know, when I used to drive there all the time back when I went to college or whatever, um, I will say that there probably are a lot of terrible drivers in Ohio. But then again, there's also, you know, let's say you're going down further south towards Cincinnati on 75. You're also probably blending in with a lot of traffic from drivers from other states and things like that. So it's hard to quantify, I think, rude drivers, because even though you're in the state of Ohio and, I'm, and maybe they're looking at it from just that perspective of people that were in Ohio at the time that they did the survey, rather than what state that person's license plate was from. I can I can say that yeah the driving is a little bad down here in the state, um, but as far as overall rudeness, I don't know. I mean, how, I can't imagine that Ohioans are any more rude than any other state when it comes to you know being on on the call on a call with a you know a, a service worker you know trying to sell them something. But um, Kentucky, I have been to Kentucky. You know, I usually we usually drive down that way on our way to Tennessee when we go. And they are very nice in, in most cases down in Tennessee. I would always say, I would argue too that, you know, some of the most hospitable people we've ever come across have been in Kentucky and Tennessee. So, but Tennessee was also ranked like 21st on this list. So it's hard to know, um, you know, maybe living there is different, I guess. But uh, not surprised that Kentucky scored pretty well because they seem to be pretty hospitable, but Ohio, maybe not so much hospitable, but I don't know that we're a top 10 worst state to, you know, as far as rudeness goes. The thing I don't like about this study is you have a category saying, what's the perception? Well, how many of us have been to each state? You know, so the perception, right. is it based on, you know, and hey, sorry to rip on New York people, but you get this perception in New York where, oh, man, New York are, people are tough. They're going to yell at you if, you know, things go wrong. Um, I'm looking at the study itself, and they're saying, you know, Rhode Island ranks number one, and they say 42% of people say people in Rhode Island are ruder than most states. Well, is that like a Northeast bias, you know? Right, right, yeah. And how many of us have been in each state? So, and here's the other thing, too. Ohio... What are we like the tenth or eleventh biggest state in in the country, maybe population wise? Yeah, probably somewhere in that area. Yeah. Okay, so because of that, because we're a bigger state, 
do we get more attention than Montana or, mm. you know, Wyoming or, or something like that? So is part of the flaw of this study is, hey, if we're a big state, we're going to be thought of more than other states. I don't know, you know? One thing that stands out, too, is, you know, you, you kind of expect, I guess, some of the southern states to be a little bit more in the hospitable, you know, range and, and maybe therefore less rude. But one of the things that was strange is Rhode Island's number one, which I don't if, if you know, we're going based off this perception and I use that in quotes. I don't know that I, I don't know that many people would probably find Rhode Island as a perception to be the worst state. Now, granted, you know, I have never been to Rhode Island, so I can't really speak on that. But, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think Rhode Island being rude. You'd think California, New York, New Jersey, maybe. And those are all in the top 10. But then, you know, Rhode Island's number one, and then you scroll all the way down, and yet Vermont is number 47. And you're talking about Vermont 47, New Hampshire's 37, Delaware's 40. So you're kind of looking at these, like, New England states and it's almost like you're either all good or all bad, it seems like, in this uh, study, which is kind of strange, too. It's a weird skew for me to see New England states be at the top and at the bottom of the list. Yeah, and how do you answer that question? I mean, I'm not sure if you're taking an Internet survey or if, you know, we're calling right. 500 people. I mean, if you get a phone call and you agree to answer the survey, I mean, what are you going to do, you know? Hey, Craig, do you think New Jersey people are ruder? I mean, you might you might think about the Sopranos and say, wow, you know, so sure, they're ruder. I mean, you know, it's all based on the perception. And it's not even based on, hey, it's been time in New Jersey. It's almost like a pop culture perception, I think. Yeah, I just kind of wonder, you know, when you see these kind of large studies like this, you just kind of question and I'm and like I said, I've never heard of Zipia. Doesn't sound like you have either. But you kind of wonder, like, is this just one of those, hey, fill the fill out this survey or whatever, and instead of you know everybody's saying, well, I've actually been to Ohio, so Ohio's terribly rude or whatever. I just kind of wonder if if they just get this data back from people just randomly, and it may or may not have anything to do with someone that's visited the state that they're voting on. They just decide to throw Ohio in there because like you said, perception. So I don't know. It's you always kind of take these with a grain of salt. Like they're probably not real. Now I will say this when I, when I see the studies that Ohio is like worse for road construction projects or road delays, then I can probably get behind that because we see it all the time in Ohio, especially in the bigger cities where everything's under construction all the time. But Stuff like this, I just kind of take with a grain of salt and say, okay, well, we're probably not the worst. We're probably not the best. We're probably somewhere in the middle. And does anybody really care that we're considered by Zipia as a top 10 rudest state? Early in my career, I used to do like, you know, phone service work. I mean, you know, work on over the phone, like customer service and stuff like that. Right. I could, now again, it, it was a lifetime ago where I did. So, I mean, I, I barely remember calls, let alone a trend. But I can tell you, you can work hard enough to tick off anybody on the phone. So it doesn't matter what state it shows that they're calling from or whatever else. You know, people are going to get angry. So I'm imagining the percentage of people who curse out customer service reps are... <laughs> I mean, I don't think there's that much difference between the states. Maybe a little bit, but not a ton. Right. Hey, you can take out people in Rhode Island as often as you can in Ohio, and 
Kentucky and Indiana and everywhere else. So. Yeah, so, yeah, just uh, uh, a you would say. I mean, yeah, nothing against Zipia, but, I mean, it's good for conversation. Yeah. Hey, they, they, well, they, they get the name out, obviously. Yeah, and they made number one on a show sheet, you know, partly because, thankfully, it was a little bit of a slower day news-wise right. yesterday, but, you know, bravo to them. I mean, that's what they want to do. I mean, that's what these content places are. I mean, Craig, if you work there, they're like, hey, write something I'll get interest you know absolutely yeah. uh, do a state survey so you know bravo to zipia yeah. uh, at least they did what they they wanted to do in the inquire as well as the ohioans so yeah bravo. Just, yeah just looking at it it seems like it's more of like a job site kind of thing than it is you yeah. know an independent study i mean i i've seen the nerd wallet studies and i probably trust the nerd wallet studies more than i would trust zipia at this point but i take all of those with a grain of salt because not everybody is, you know, not everybody is, is, is spoken to about these surveys. So it's hard to get a gauge on who they talk to, how many people they talk to. It's kind of one of those where you have to show your work in math class. And I don't think these people really show their work on how much stuff they really did in researching these things and coming up with a study and, and getting a, a, you know, true data on this. Well, it's an interesting strategy. I mean, yeah. I've been at jobs to say, hey, write the company blog, but write about how great our company is. Well, right. you can write a blog post or two, and it gets kind of weird after that. Right. But, you know, how do you comment on the news without, you know, just writing stories about stuff happening day to day? You just say, who's rude? Who's not? You know, who right. gives the biggest tips? Who doesn't? So, well, let me give you some good, good advice. Um, Ohio might be the 10th rudest state, but you can actually make it better. I mean, you know, I think part of the reason why we're rude is, man, there's a lot going on, Craig. Yeah. We're recording podcasts. We're working all day. We're, uh, you know, we got family obligations and everything. We don't have much extra time. So you don't want to take extra time with your bank. You want to get in there, do what you need to do, deposit your money, set up your savings accounts, pay your bills, and be done. Craig, you don't want to spend three hours a day doing banking. You right. want to get in, get out, boom, bang, done. And, you know, Chase Bank offers that. Um, you know, I was in a situation where it took me a long time to do some banking. I had to drive a long ways to go to my bank. How frustrating. But, you know, with Chase, everything's set up. Everything's ready, ready to go. You can do your banking online. And when you have to go into the bank, you got nice, friendly people willing to help you out. So, Go to our website, go to our podcast provider, and um, sign up for a Chase account. Attach a direct deposit. Chase will drop in money. They'll help you out. They'll say, hey, we'll get you started. Uh, lots I heard, 225 bucks. They got deals like this going on all the time. So, again, go to our website. Go to the uh, provider, wherever you listen to this podcast at. Sign up for an account. Uh, attach a direct deposit. You're good to go. Check out Chase Bank. Great place. All right. All right, Craig. What's happening here in Ohio? Um, I wanted to also talk about uh, Google. It's interesting. Um, Craig, I think you were off last week when we talked about this. Um, Dave Yost, the Attorney General of Ohio, um, we were kind of questioning his move. Um, and he claimed later it was a joke where he was burning his mask. And we yeah. said, look... Um, you know, on the first day that the health wars went away. And right. we said, look, is this the smartest idea? I mean, it makes you look partisan. Well, 
he did a move yesterday, which seems to be something that I don't know is much of a partisan move, but it's been something that Republicans have really endorsed recently, is this idea of really suing, um, you know, tech companies and saying, hey, you know, we have to have more regulation on these tech companies. So Ohio yesterday, they went to Delaware County Court and they said, we're going to sue Google. Um, and we're saying Google needs to be a public utility. We need to regulate them as a public uh, utility. Uh, they're saying, hey, you know, obviously Google, I mean, we talk about, hey, we got Google something. So Google pretty much owns the search engine market. And they're saying, look, they're using this dominance to steer Ohio people to their own products. They say it's discriminatory. It's anti-competitive. And they say, you know, if you own the railroad or the electric company or cell phone tower, you have to treat everyone the same and give everyone access. And they're saying uh, they believe it's the first of its kind of a lawsuit. So they're saying um, they want people to provide its services to anyone willing to to pay Google's fee. So I'm guessing they're they're trying to provide regulation. They're trying to provide... Right now, there's no regulation. And that's the argument that some conservatives have, saying, hey, these tech companies, they do whatever they want. It doesn't matter. But obviously, what they do matters to people because they can control information and other stuff. I... It's interesting. I, I really haven't thought about this as much. Um, I, I kind of wonder if is this the biggest thing that Dave Yo should be addressing right now? But, you know, he struck a chord with this. Uh, do you think this matters? Do you think there's just some relevance here? You know, it's hard to say. I don't really think of it. You know, you know, we, we go on Google or we go on whatever our search engine is and we just search for things and you know, I'm not. I'm not saying I disagree with this idea that you know Google maybe steers you in a certain direction, but I don't know that as a whole people really are upset by that. I mean, because you know, usually when you file lawsuits, you want to file it on behalf of people uh, who are maybe wronged in some way. I don't know that the vast majority of Ohioans would say, you know, how dare Google use use my searching of, of of Google itself to you know steer me in the direction of one of their products or whatever it may be I you know it's hard for me to really get behind one way or another on this because at the end of the day you know you're gonna use what you're gonna use and I don't know that very many Ohioans are clamoring for a lawsuit like this to be filed but I can sort of see why you know they're making an argument that you know this is maybe some form of a antitrust violation so they just want to you know cover their bases on this and it may you know at the end of the day it's it's hard to really get on you know one side or the other on this because as a consumer of the internet i really don't i mean i have a google pixel phone but that does not mean that i have everything else is google you know or whatever it may be so I don't feel like I get steered to a certain uh, product of Google. I use Google for my internet search, but well, I use Chrome for my internet, but uh, obviously I use Google for internet and things like that for searches, but it's not not necessarily because I want to or like it the most. It's really mostly because that's what you know I use for work and I use for 
just random things. It's, you know, the only thing that's really on my computer as, as far as internet goes. I mean, you know, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to really care as much about this, I guess, just because I don't know if it's something we really need to, you know, invest our time in as a state to, to sue anybody, but you know, well, let, let me give you a practical example because, you know, for SEO, you know, and we do this at work all the time, you know, how do we gear our stories so they rank higher in search? Sure. So if Craig's writing a story about Fremont police, uh, you know, if other people are writing that same story, how do we make it where Craig's story ranks higher than Google than some of our competitors, you know, for right. example? Right. Well, the practical example they give in the story is, um, you know, if you're going to fly somewhere, you know, hey, you go to Google, you look for a company. And so you might say, you know, flights to Nashville. You know, you were recently in Nashville and everything. Right. Well, if you do that, then there'll be searches that come up. And, you you know, Expedia might rank high or something else like that. Well, what Google's starting to do is they'll create a site called Google Flights. You know what I mean? Where, in essence, they're trying to take that market away from some of these other companies. Right. So the thought would be is, in the past, Expedia could just say, hey, we're going to pay this fee to rank first. You know, or we'll pay this fee to rank high. You know, paid search or whatever the case might be. Right. Well, I think what Google's trying to do is say, we'll, stay, we'll still take your money to be rank higher up on there. But since we're Google, we'll make ours number one. You know what I mean? So in, in essence, what they're doing is they're kind of stealing the market by stealing ideas from other people. I've heard this um, same thing with Amazon. Some people criticize Amazon because they'll say, all right, let's say Craig's selling his product on Amazon and it's doing pretty well. Well, you're giving all of your research in essence to Amazon. You're saying, hey, here's how much it costs for me to make it. Here's how much it costs for me to sell it. You sell on Amazon. And if you do well enough on Amazon, Amazon's going to say, man, I can make that for cheaper than Craig does. Right. So why not if I just make a better product? So I can see there's a validity to it. There's a way that Google can kind of, you know, trample some some businesses. And I can understand maybe if there's like a local business. You know, maybe flights is the best example for that. But, you know, so I can understand. Again, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if that's the biggest issue right now. I mean, right. you know, I don't want to sit here and talk about COVID all day, every day, but there's so many factors coming from COVID. Um, you know, we talk about jobs. We talk about the market. We talk about the labor place. We talk about stimulus checks. You know, should we continue stimulus checks? Should we continue extra unemployment for people? And we get in these political hangling of, well, you know, these people need to work. There's so many jobs out there. Well, maybe they can't. Maybe they can health wise. I mean, I'm thankfully we're in a better place um, COVID wise than we were a year ago. But that doesn't mean people can just rush out to work. There may be a valid reason why they can't work. And I, what I'm saying is that could be something that we look at from an attorney general standpoint. You know what I mean? And I, I'm wondering. I, I'm sure Dave Yost has a reason for this. I'm sure there's probably some other wranglings. But I'm wondering. Is there a suit that would better reflect Ohio people than this coming forward right now? Um, we're after COVID, and I'm thinking there's other stuff we can address first, but apparently this is what they want to address. 
Right. Well, yeah, I think I agree with you that there's probably bigger fish to fry. And, you know, looking at the story, I do understand where they're coming from with especially, you know, using this Google Flights as an example. I guess my argument would be, yeah, I understand that that has a priority on the on the after the advertising and things like that that comes up on your Google search. But I also think that a lot of people are probably going to go with companies that they trust. And I've never I got to be honest, I, I didn't know that Google Flights existed until I saw the story. It, you know, or if, if I ever looked at hotels or, you know, flights or anything like that, I Google Flights was not on my radar. I never, I didn't know it existed. So, you know, good for them that they have that. But I mean, most people, if they trust Travelocity, they'll, they'll, they'll go to Travelocity or they'll go to, you know, hotels.com or whatever their, you know, their ideas are on how to get to a place or where they're going to go when they get there. So I get that, you know, maybe Google's creating an unfair market, but I also think too, that most people are just going to go with what they feel comfortable with. So even though Google flights might come up first, they may say, well, I've booked with Travelocity before. I've booked with Priceline before. I'm going to go to those places that I trust and that I've booked with before, especially if Google flights doesn't have discounted rates like those places do. So, you know, I understand where they're coming from, but probably it's something that isn't as big of a deal to most Ohioans. And, you know, like I, like I said earlier, I think when, when the state of Ohio files lawsuits, they should file lawsuits on behalf of the state of Ohio. And I don't know for a fact that Ohioans are really uh, that up in arms about Google flights taking a precedent on the Internet search over all the airlines and any other place where you can book cheap rates. So maybe that's my, my stance on that is, is it really necessary? Or here, here's even another thought. If you're really that concerned about search engines and what's doing the local businesses. Hey, you know, there's um, things in Congress right now. How do we better support local news? How do we give funding to local news where they're in need of support? Well, one of the things we fight, and to be honest, that's a big part of my job is, you know, internet. You know, how to, you know, we... We, we could t- constantly fight for search. And you might sit there and say, hey, you're the Columbus Dispatch. Where else would you go for news? Well, it's a hard market. And it's not even just legitimate competitors. It's, you know, Craig could write a blog where you copy and paste Columbus Dispatch stories and put them on a blog. I mean, you, you're competing against that, too. And, you know, that's a problem. If you really want to look at search being a problem, you know, that hurts local news, too. So how about local news? Not just, you know, Right. Google flights. So yeah. I don't know. It, it's interesting. I guess I wish Dave Ghost luck. I, I'm I'm trying to understand a little bit more practicality about how it's really helping Ohioans. Right. And yeah. how Ohioans are paying more now than they could be otherwise. Yeah. Because here's here's the other argument to be made. If you're looking for that flight to Nashville, if you're saving money through Google Flights, you know. You want cheap tickets to Nashville? I'll get you there safely. You know what I mean? Doesn't matter if it's Google Flights or the Ohioans Travel Program or whatever. You, know, you want to get there and back. You know, you're going to go with the cheapest, safest route anywhere. You're going to go with the, the cheapest, best hotel you can find where you stay at. So if Google Hotels exists and people book through them, or they're the first thing that comes up when you Google search for hotels, 
you know, like I already know if I'm searching for a hotel, I've already got the applications on my phone of where I'm searching. I've had success with with some of those offshoot booking sites like booking.com or Travelocity or Priceline, Trivago. You know, I know that that's the first place I go. I don't Google anything like that when I'm looking for a hotel. I, I understand that some people are probably Googling flights and things like that. So I understand that. But again, you know, is this really working on behalf of Ohio? Do, do Ohioans, are, are they really up in arms about it? I know a few years ago when the state jumped in and a lot of counties jumped in on the, uh, the lawsuits against some of the big pharma about the opioid crisis, and that made sense. That was something that was really directly impacting Ohioans, and you could see it directly, directly impacting Ohioans. I don't know that you know, Google taking a, a search engine precedence over other places is really on, on the minds of a lot of Ohioans, to be blunt. Yeah, definitely. Um, very interesting. Um, let's talk a little bit. Um, Ashley Home Store. Uh, if you need furniture, check out Ashley Home Store. Um, you know, you want to save. Uh, go to our website. Go to our podcast provider. Click it. You get a savings coupon right away. And it takes you to the website. Um, you can shop online. Man, I will shop for my next couch online. It sounds like a brilliant idea. And even if you're like, well, I still want to look at the store. Well, do your research online beforehand. Don't just go into the store going, ah, I need a couch. I'll just look at a million. And say, hey, I'm, I'm looking on your website. I like these three. Can I see these three? And you can see it in person. You can sell it. Uh, see what's best. It, it, it just... Saves you time. I mean, Craig, I want something to save me time today. It, tell yeah. me something that will save me time, and I'm signing up. I'm giving you my email address. I'm paying you money. And Ashley Home Store does that. And, again, they'll deliver it to you, too. And I thought, man, there's no Ashley Home Stores around. There's an Ashley Home Store near Craig. There's Ashley Home Store um, around other places. They can make arrangements if it's further away. Check out Ashley Home Store. Again, Check out the links on our website or podcast provider. I, great place to go when you need furniture. Check out Ashley Home Store. All right, um, Craig, let's talk about. I thought this was interesting. Um, Craig, you were here yesterday, and I got to tell you, dude, I was a little bit panicked. Uh, <laughs> we used some of our Gannett, Ohio stories to, um, you know, for stuff to talk about. And I was kind of opening up my links, and nothing was coming up. And I'm like, well, maybe just the Fremont website. Maybe that's down. All of our websites were down. Right. Um, and when it got to USA Today, and USA Today was down, I said, holy crap, we've got a problem. Well, it wasn't just with um, USA Today. There was a lot of other websites. I believe Amazon was hit. And, uh, yeah, CNN, Reddit. And it was down for an hour. And you automatically start thinking, oh, crap, is this a ransomware uh, rans there was a ransomware attack on some other sites about a week or two ago, but it was the cloud company, Fastly. Uh, they had an outage. It affected a lot of sites for hour. Thankfully, the outage was fixed. We were back. Um, and, you know, it tells us how dependent we are on the websites, <laughs> um, which, you know, makes sense. I could definitely understand that. Um, yeah, they fixed it. Uh, they said there might have been some issues yesterday. But I'll be honest, my work has me online all day, and thankfully we didn't really see any more outages. So thankfully it wasn't an attack, it wasn't anything. 
it just it happens. But man, I mean, it wasn't even just some of these news sites. It was the UK government's homepage. Now, does that mean the UK government can't operate without its homepage? I'm sure it was still okay. I mean, I don't think UK, you know, went down its knees or anything. Right. But I don't know, Craig. I mean, some ways you could say, "Yay, this shows us how tech." savvy we are because, you know, we were having trouble, or could it be scary if, you know, Fastly goes down for a day or two, or, and I mean, not just for the sake of our business, being a news place, but man, what happens if it's our banks or something? I, I don't know, man. Yeah. Um, well, I was having internet problems yesterday. That's why I wasn't able to get on the podcast and, uh, you know, it's something that I rely on, even though we live in this <clears throat> in the city limits, we we still are sort of in an area that's kind of shoddy for good cell service. So um, I really rely on Internet to be able to get stuff done in, in my area, even though we are in the city. But we we're kind of in the city, but off the beaten path in the city. So we kind of don't get the greatest service out here. So we really need the Internet to be able to work and you know get on our phones and use them adequately. So. You know, we're all kind of a slave to technology in some in some way, and you know, this is a, a prime example of that, clearly. And is this an argument maybe even for more broadband? I, I mean, now again, this was a issue at a cloud company, right. so you know, Ohio could give five billion dollars to broadband. That may not help the problem. I mean, again, when a cloud company goes right. uh, has issues for our. You, you get everyone could have broadband. You could have lines all over the sky, and you know it's still an issue. But you know, I I think about it and I say either we say, "Oh man, we're too addicted to broadband, we can't have it," or maybe we say, "Hey, because of things like this, we need broadband, not just to watch our Netflix or other stuff." I mean, you talk about public utilities, maybe broadband should be a public utility. You know, I don't know. Well, it's kind of trending in that direction because, you know, we're so reliant on broadband, on internet access to be able to go to school. I mean, obviously, a lot of schools are going back to in-person learning, but those, a lot of those schools are still going to require children to have internet to be able to work on assignments or, you know, maybe do virtual days instead of snow days now. So you're right. Maybe, you know, maybe this is a, the next step in the process of becoming um, more of a public utility like, a, like anything else that we rely on in life. You know, Internet is, has become a huge part of what we do. Okay. Uh, yeah, interesting. Um, so we, we wish the best for Fastly, especially for my work. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did affect my work yesterday. So if yeah. nothing else, make my life easier. Come on, Fastly. You got to work. Hey, a, a quick note before we get to our last story of the day. Um, you know, just notes on what we're doing uh, web-wise. We, we've never changed the content we're providing for you. We're changing the way we provide it. So, um, you know, we have a free podcast each day. I mean, we've got our discussions here on the morning show. Um, you know, Craig's talking to George Thomas. Uh, those things are generally free. Um, what, what else do we have? Um, me, Paul, and uh, Joe Frost um, get goofy about national news. We usually put that up for free. But we also have, we, we started this paid podcast this week. And again, 
we're looking to help support the show. And we're always going to try to improve these, uh, give you more offerings here and everything else. But give some support. We're, we're trying to make this an ongoing thing. Uh, help us out. Um, there are plans on either our um, Substack page that we're using for our website or for Anchor that we're using through for our podcast. Just easy ways you can support the show. Help us out. We're going to continue to expand this as time goes on. Um, so check out our service there. Hey, um, Craig, I want to quickly close with this. I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, King Zon's been in the news. This really isn't a bad thing. Uh, they're a little delayed. They got a new resort that's opening up. Um, you know, I, I just want to mention this really quick. The resort's a campground. Mm. And I don't know, Craig. I'm maybe I'm out of shape. Maybe I'm not an outdoorsman. Maybe I just want my hotel bed and everything else. Why are we camping out? I mean, I guess if you have an RV and everything, that's fine. But that doesn't sound too appealing to me. I mean, I want the resort to be a nice hotel where I maybe pay a little bit more. I've got the pool there and everything else. After a long day of King's Island and avoiding the fights that have been there and all the other craziness that happens there sometimes, I'm not going back to my tent. I want to go to my hotel. I mean... Well, what's the allure here? Well, I mean, they do have cottages uh, as okay. part of this, you know. So, you know, it sleeps four to eight people. Obviously, they have RV sites and, you know, things like that. So, based on the photos, it looks pretty nice. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm not, you know, the biggest uh, the biggest camping fan. But um, I'm, I'm, I think the older I've gotten, the more I've uh, learned to love luxury and hotels and things like that as opposed to, you know, sleeping bags and things. But, uh, I mean, looking at some of the pictures of the cottages, it's very beautiful. Um, you know, so it, I'm, I'm guessing that, you know, a lot of it depends on the price, right? I mean, at the end of the day, most of this stuff comes down to how much things cost, you know. So if people don't want to stay at a, you know, expensive hotel, maybe this is a, you know, half the price kind of situation. Or maybe, you know, when you get eight or, you know, four to eight people for the cottages, maybe it's uh beneficial to, to savings. So, you know, I don't know if this is also too, you know, looking at the name, I wonder if this is sort of like a, a maybe a, a minor little rib on uh, Cedar Point with Camp Cedar being the name of this, uh, you know, this location. But, uh, you know, it looks like a very nice facility as far as campground sites go. I mean, it's it looks beautiful. So it's probably not what most people think of when they think of campgrounds and things like that when you have a fitness center, laundry room, basketball courts, and, you know, all these other, you know, amenities as well. So it, it seems like a pretty nice, uh, you know, resort for people to stay in. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I have bad memories of camp as a kid. <laughs> but I think about camp, I'm like, you know, summer camp. I mean, I want... Right. And, and you know, I, I guess maybe you're thinking, you know, you know, you have kids, you take your kids down there. Uh, maybe it's for families, you know, so maybe you're thinking of like a family camp type of thing. Yeah. But, you know, I, I want to relax. I, I mean, this, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm maybe I'm a old man, get off my lawn. Maybe this is a, maybe I'm overseeing this. But, hey, I, I would go, but I'm definitely going for the cottage. I'm not going for the RV or the camp. Right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to go to Kings Island, you're probably thinking, well, I'm going to spend money there, so I might as well, 
you know, spend money on a nice hotel and a night or whatever it may be. But, you know, maybe this is just the perfect storm. Maybe it's going to be cheaper for people to live. I mean, I can't imagine a $27 million project, you know, resulting in cheap rates, but maybe, maybe it's going to reduce some costs for families to where if they, if they need to save a little bit more money so they can spend an extra day at the park, you know, maybe this is a, a good option where maybe they can save a little bit of cash and, and still stay there and go to the park maybe an extra day because they're able to save a little bit of cash. Yeah, and this ain't luxury. So, right. you know, luxury isn't, you know, 50 bucks a night. I mean, the you know, luxury is. Right, right. I'm looking here at Visit Camp Cedar. I don't know. It, it looks nice. I mean, there, there's a, uh, you know, they've got kind of like a water area. Yeah. Kind of reminds you of what, you know, um, Zimbizi Bay, some of those like villas are at. Yeah. It's nice. I don't know, let's look at the book now price. And I'm not speaking bad of this. I mean, I would go, but I'm going for the cottage. That's where I'm going for. All right. Uh, Craig, let's try to book a night. Yeah. <laughs> not for you and me. That'd be kind of weird. All right. I mean, yeah. It'd be for Craig and his wife. How about that? Yeah. I'm curious to see how much this costs. All right. Um... Campsite's 109. Okay. I mean, that's not overly reasonable, but not terrible, I guess. I, I, I'm i looking. I, I just put in a random day in July. Uh, they, they say the cottages, there's nothing available that day. I don't know if they've been pre-purchased or... Mm. Let me just try another random day. Or, or maybe that hasn't, that hasn't been set up yet. I don't know. We'll look at one more day. Yeah, you're you're looking at a little bit more, Greg. Um, you're looking at two ninety nine a night um, oh, for these cottages. All right. Well, hey, if you can spread that over eight people, though, maybe that's not, you know, that's not too bad. Okay, so so don't bring your wife for a mate night. Say, hey, Brandon, <laughs> you know, Chris, come bring your wives. We're splitting it. You know, you're not. You know, yeah, I can yeah. see that maybe. Who knows? Yeah, not should, terrible. Should be good. All right. Well, hey, thank you all for checking out the Highland. Craig, is there anything we want to add before we close the shop for today? No, I don't think so. Hopefully, uh, everybody has good luck tonight at the lottery. <laughs> at Vaximillion. And, and again, um, yeah, Craig, you got to message me Dan Tierney's number. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I would expect. I mean, see, my fear of having... Mike DeWine come to my house is, you know, my daughter went crazy yesterday. Our house is messy. Yeah. And yeah, I'm sure my wife's not going to turn away the million dollar check, but I don't think, you know, my wife's going to be happy if the house is messy to take the governor's wife on a tour of our house. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, or yeah. even have him come into the living room, you know, and yeah, you know, maybe the weather would be nice where we could just stand on the front porch and talk for a little bit. I don't know, but, um, It'll be interesting, but send me Dan Tierney's number. I, I won't bug him. I just want to make sure if I get a call from Dan Tierney at 715, maybe I should start celebrating. I don't know. Yeah, yeah definitely. We got to have uh, – Craig, if you don't mind, reach out to him. You, you've, you're the Dan Tierney guy. Maybe we can have Dan Tierney on um, you know, sometime before next Wednesday. Right. I, I want, we need to have him on and talk about the 
behind the scenes of this. I, yeah. I want to know who's calling. Is Mike DeWine, you know, um, you know, calling you personally? Uh, is he using the burner phone? Is he coming to your house? Is he <laughs> knocking on doors? That'll be fun. Let's see if we can get Dan on in the morning, maybe sometime before next Wednesday. Definitely. Hey, maybe. And if he wants to bring his coworker Mike along, I won't turn that down either. It'll be good. Absolutely. Yeah, you know Dan's boss, Mike. We'll see if he he can show up too. Who knows? It'll be fun. But yeah, I I want to know the details behind this. I'm obsessed. It's great. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for checking. Thanks for checking out the Highland. What's the, Craig? It's Wednesday. Yeah, we'll be back tomorrow to close out the week. Um, Craig, I, I think you've got George Thomas coming, right? I we we I hope so. Um, okay. you know, just waiting on a schedule to see what a schedule looks like. But um, well, you know, I've we heard well, you'll you'll have um, content from Craig. I'm already I already have content raring to go from Craig and. Yeah. Uh, George Thomas or no George Thomas, I'm sure uh, we're gonna have some review shows. Maybe I could step in one day for George if George ever can't make it. How about that? Yeah, I don't know enough about movies though. Maybe we can review other stuff. Who knows? All right, for Craig, this is Chris and Brandon. Have a great day, everybody. We'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for checking out the Ohio. Hi, I'm Jennifer Mooney. Welcome to what is our new Hope Interrupted podcast, based on the work from our book. Hope Interrupted, that I co-authored with my good friend, Byron McCauley. Hey, Jennifer. You know, I'm looking forward to this podcast as much as I was look, looking forward to writing this book with you. We hope to interview some uh, high-impact folks as well as have a little fun. We're going to cover stories of hope. To learn more about our podcast and our book, please visit www.hopeinterrupted.com.